this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello everybody and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is Nick Kaczynski from Odoo. Odoo is a software and tech company. They, their U.S. headquarters is in San Francisco and they just opened their East Coast headquarters here in Buffalo in Seneca One Tower. Nick is a Buffalo expat and is coming back home with the operation. And throughout this podcast, he really clearly and eloquently lays out the business case for Buffalo, why they thought it was a good fit, and what he had to do to convince leadership. Thanks for listening. So for those that don't know, what is Odo? Good question. Um, the question that everyone begs an answer to. Uh, what is Odoo? So Odoo is a business management software that is designed exclusively right to be super simple to use and to incorporate all the different aspects of the business uh, that need to be managed via software into one solution. So we help businesses that, right, Traditionally, you know, would need an API in order to connect two or more pieces of software in order to aggregate data into one, you know, into one silo, we'll call it, and then write to advanced reporting and things like that around it. But with Odoo, you don't have to worry about connecting disparate systems that operate according to their same logic, that have their own unique logins, that sort of, you know, have their own UI, UX, their own, uh, right, most importantly, their own invoices that come every month, which you have to pay to keep using them. So in order to help businesses not use any of that, Odoo is the solution. So, um, right, it keeps things simple. And, and to speak to the user-friendly nat- uh, nature, you came to the company as a user, right? You were at a, a different company and stumbled into Odoo. Tell us about that and, and then how you transitioned to actually, you know, starting a position with the company. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Simple. I started my software sales career at NetSuite. I uh, was selling finance and accounting software into the software vertical. I was using the CRM that NetSuite had us using, which was, of course, NetSuite CRM. Um, didn't provide as much visibility into the deal flow and you know where your deals were and things like that as, as the sales reps necessarily wanted, or at least as I wanted. Uh, so a lot of the sales reps, you know, diverted and started to use Excel to manage their deals, the status of the deals, the next steps, things like that. And I was like, well, this seems kind of funky. I'm like, there's got to be something on the market that could, you know, we could fire up, you know, at a super low cost, if not for free and, you know, manage this with. So I started to dig around and uh, stumbled across, you know, Odoo. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I click on it, I'm like digging through it and I, and I fire up the free, you know, the free trial and uh, it turns out I can have one app for free. So I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm like, we don't have to pay anything. I'm like, great. So, and it's a CRM. And I found that, wow, this is really working well. I'm like, this is incredible. This is a fantastic piece of technology. And I started to dig around even further into this and saw what else they were doing in different, with their different apps across the different, you know, layers of the business and became fascinated with it on an intellectual level and really started to tinker and toy around with it. And so much so that I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go work here. This is just the hobby needs to merge with the, with the career. And, and that's sort of what sparked the, uh, you know, that's what sparked the engine that, you know, has turned into my career here at Odoo. And the company's headquartered in San Francisco, is it? So our U.S. HQ is in San Francisco. Our global HQ, really, the, the mothership is in Belgium, a little bit outside of Brussels. 
and just recently relocated to Buffalo, which is the conceit of this conversation. So um, you grew up in Buffalo, moved away, and now are back with the company's expansion. Um, And you helped build the business case with your internal team for Buffalo to bring this expansion here. How did that conversation go? And you know, how does, how does Buffalo rise to the top of that list when you're starting to have the conversation, dive into the data, make a list of criteria and eventually make a decision? Yeah. So I'll start from where I think it makes sense to start here. So the conversation started um, almost a year ago now where I was looking to grow inside the company and I was actually on my way to go to Germany to open a subsidiary there for the company. Uh, my wife is from Austria, so you always figured out we'll align with, with family on that side of the world and I'll tune up my German and we'll have a great you know, career opportunity all while there. Um, so that was the plan. And, you know, about six months ago, my CEO contacted me and just said, Hey, like, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, how, looking at different ways to help us scale here in the U.S. instead of heading off to Germany. And I said, oh, okay, well, let's see, what do we mean by that? And really the conversation boiled down to, you know, we need to find a city that is going to allow us to scale faster. And we're going to do that by lowering costs. We're going to do that by lowering our churn of employees or what I'm going to call our retention rate. We need to, you know, keep the retention as high as possible. Uh, and we need to go to a place where we have an you know, abundance of resources to access as we grow, uh, which is usually defined by universities, right? Because those are producing young, you know, young individuals, talent that we can then recruit and we can use to scale our company. Um, so I started to really poke around. The idea was, let's do it on the East Coast. I was in New York at the time and we didn't want to go to New York. It was just crazy expensive and it's going to defeat the purpose. Uh, and again, in San Francisco, we were faced with these challenges. Uh, and as you know, I mentioned, going from zero to a hundred employees is one challenge, but going from 200 to a thousand while, you know, logistically, logistically it might be easier internally given, um, you know, given the, you, you know, you've already kind of cooked the, op, you know, the operations and the processes and you, you have a, a structure a framework to depend on in order to scale it. But, you know, the costs are going to surmount in a, in a large way in, in those cities. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, the, the plan 100% going forward. So we, we started to reevaluate some other cities on the East coast. And, you know, in that we were looking at like Tampa, Minneapolis, um, you know, even Boston, Pittsburgh, DC. And, and we started to look at, you know, what do these cities need to possess in order for us to combat the issues that I just mentioned. Again, to refresh your memory, cost of living, retention, access to resources. So we started doing what I would do. I looked you know, at each city. I looked at you know, universities. How many students are there graduating year over year? How many students in total? What degrees are they graduating with? How many STEM students are graduating across all the uh, universities in the area? Are, you know, is the, is the city growing or is it declining in terms of population? How about for the population between you know, 18 to 40 growing or declining? Uh, what is the cost of living? How does it compare to the national average? How does it compare to San Francisco or to New York? How much does someone need to make here in one of these tier two cities, for example, you know, in order to live a standard, a similar standard uh, of living, according to like another larger city, um, you know, you start to look at 
geo, you know, geography. How well are we situated to accommodate the East Coast cities that we do the most business in, right? Cleveland, Detroit, you know, uh, New York, Boston, like I mentioned. And how about even into Canada? What does it mean to be close to Canada? Well, we're Belgian. We're a French-speaking company. We cater to a lot of French-speaking parts of Canada. Interesting. You know, San Francisco is a long way from Montreal, but what cities might be well-positioned to help us accommodate that little segment? Um, and then, of course, you want to look at community. What is the community of these cities like? Where can we go where, you know, we're not going to be shunned out, but instead we're going to be accepted with open arms where we can really dig in and, you know, contribute not just to the growth of our company, but have an impact on the community as a whole, um, where we can work with universities, where we can work, you know, like the private and the public sector in order to get behind a mission that's just greater than the individual, greater than the company, but, you know, more at the, the humanity level. And that's, you know, when you factor all those things in, a lot of cities are going to fall to the wayside. And the one city that didn't was Buffalo. It really shined through in all the areas that I just talked about. And, you know, it was an affordable place to do business. It does give us access to 70,000 plus university students in the area and, you know, over 200,000 within like, I think a 200 mile radius. It does position us nicely both to accommodate Canadian markets and U.S. markets and more specifically, East Coast markets. Um, you know, there are not a lot of other software companies here that are getting large sums of money handed to them every other week where we have to worry about them poaching our employees and, you know, in messing around with our retention rates, which, you know, interrupts our ROI. So, right, we started to break it all down. And this was the conversation that I then went into with, with my CEO. I said, look, like, the fact that I'm from here aside, look at the numbers. What do you got? Like, am I nuts or are you seeing what I'm seeing? Because I'm seeing opportunity. I'm seeing what, what, what's his name? Seth, is it, what's, I forget is the actor's name, but it, it reminded me of Moneyball, right? In Moneyball, there's a scene where he's hired and on his first day, he says, Billy, I'm convinced that we can build a winning team on this budget. And we're going to do it by not focusing on the unjustified negative biases associated with players or with cities. We're going to do it by instead finding value where no one else does. And Buffalo for too long has been a city associated with all the wrong things, beer, parties, chicken wings, you know, table drops at the Bills games. And it's that era. I think it's got to be over. You know, it's, and we have everything else to justify the next step in our evolution as a city. We have the universities, we have the culture, we have the community, we have the architecture, the city design, we have the history, we have the people, we have the, you know, we have it all. And this was more or less the vision that I had uh, in, in coming here and that I, that my company also had and that we got behind. Um, and that's really what put us here. I hope that gives you some idea of how we got here. Yeah, that's an incredible and perfect story. And as a big baseball fan, I really appreciated the Moneyball reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, you just kind of laid out what most people's perception of Buffalo typically is with the snow and the chicken wings and, you know, the, the Bills drought and all of that. So you, you dig into the numbers and you said, you know, you got to walk into your C CEO's office and ask, am I crazy? What was the initial reaction and, and how long did it take for them to come around to the idea where you are today in Seneca Tower, um, you know, creating this yeah. expansion? It, not very long at all. It was, uh, I think it was like interesting. And it was an email that I got back. It was just very interesting. 
Um, I'll be in San Francisco in a few weeks. We'll talk then. And that was more or less, I assume the two, I think it was two or three weeks went by. And then obviously, you know, at the company level, we had to get everyone on board, but generally speaking, it really, the numbers were what they were. All the work was done. There was no more selling, right? Like there was, it didn't need to be sold. It was already, it's, it honestly, and this, I've been calling it a solution city. It's a solution city. It's a city where you, it's when you peel back the first layer of BS, it's very easy to see how incredibly valuable and how, you know, how big of an asset the city could be to a company. It's, you know, it's uh, like, like I mentioned, I mentioned all the things that cost a living, everything. Like it's just, it was, uh, it was a pretty quick turnaround and it, you know, the conversation kind of, I think in middle of, or middle of end of, end of February is when I saw the, the light. I'm like, okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And not too, not too long after that, you know, I was already planning to relocate back. Yeah. So it's been public now for a couple of weeks. You guys are going into Seneca One Tower, which obviously is experiencing an amazing redevelopment and really is is kind of symbolic for the entire city, not just that it's, you know, our tallest building, but that for so long it was empty and now has such new life. Um, and I know, you know, right before we hit record, you were telling me about, you know, buying a house, you're in North Buffalo. So how's the transition been thus far, both, um, you know, for the office and for yourself? Yeah. So on a personal level, the transition pretty seamless. I mean, I got great parents who just helped like, you know, create a landing pad for me and my wife for when we, we came back home. And obviously with the pandemic, it was a little tight being stuffed up with them for a few weeks, but uh, we, we, you know, we were on the house hunt well before we landed here. And uh, we just recently, you know, bought a house and we're, we're building, we're setting roots down for sure. Um, And it goes to say another really important angle here is, if you're young and you're like, if you're young and you're, you're interested in like getting yourself in a good financial situation and you know, you want to create a future for yourself, you don't want to pay three grand a month in rent to a landlord in New York city in order to, you know, be close to the bars that you frequent where you go and spend even more money every week. Like if you're looking to really establish a foundation, like Buffalo is it's an incredible city to do it. It's just, right. It's, it's affordable. Right. You can do it. You don't need 550 grand in the bank in order to kickstart the engine. You know, it's, yeah. you can do it in a much, you know, it's, and it's about getting started, right? What do they say? It's easy to make your, you know, it's really hard to make your first, you know, hundred, but it's, you know, once you do that, it's you know easier to make your, you really know, whatever they say, like, um, so it's something to consider, but so from a personal standpoint, simple, um, fun even to right. around the neighborhoods and, look at homes and whatnot, but professionally, to, Oh, go on. Well, and to that point too, just, um, it's a, it's a good point because just this week we, uh, for our BN Buffalo site, we launched a cost of living calculator that folks can poke around on and exactly what you said about, you know, rent prices in New York or San Fran versus Buffalo. And it even breaks down what's your grocery bill. Uh, you know, what's the six pack of beer costs, what's your transportation costs. Um, so I just want to, you know, encourage people listening to take your point and actually put it in practice, go to the website and and check some things out, but please continue on the office as well. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And I did, I was toying around with the, uh, with the calculator, but it's, it's, uh, super valuable. So as far as the office goes, yeah, it was, 
I mean, once I saw what like Jamal and, and, and Douglas development and, you know, all those guys, Heidinger, Paul Milstein, Greg Baker, like when all the work that they were putting in and the, the mission that they were on, it was just like, that was where you got to get right. Like you got to get behind that energy. You can't, you don't want to confront it. You don't want to in any way inhibit it. Like we're, everyone's going towards the same goal. So I wanted to be downtown. I wanted to be in the middle of it all. I wanted to, you know, take what I had and to contribute it to the pot because you know, when the, when tide rises, so do all ships. And that's what we need to do. That's the way we got to think here. Um, and that was, you know, a pretty easy decision for us. It was, um, you know, there's, there's tons of other great neighborhoods, but at the end of the day, it's much bigger than, than that. It's, it's much bigger than just a, where am I going? What lease am I signing for the next three years? It's, you know, what do we want to create here and where do I go to most effectively do it? You've spoken a lot to the talent available here, the university ecosystem. What are your goals for the Buffalo expansion as far as hiring? How many people do you want to have on board and what should someone listening that might be interested in a position know? Sure. So kind of give you the breakdown high level over the next three to five years, we want to be between two and 300 people. Those are the hiring targets we're up against even uh, with the pandemic and whatnot happening, obviously still subject to interpretation as the story unfolds, but um, that's where we're at right now. Positions for year one, we're looking to bring on anywhere between 20 and 25 people. And that is going to include uh, primarily two roles, right? Account executives or sales roles, uh, as well as BSAs or business systems analysts. So these are people who implement the software. Um, we're really going to be hiring for those two positions. At the moment, we're just hiring account executives. We're taking, you know, taking things one, you know, one, uh, one project at a time, get the foundation laid, right? Make sure the framework is perfect and then build the superstructure on top. We're not going to cut any corners. We're not going to bite off more than we can chew. We're going to do it right every step of the way. And, you know, in that you need patience and we have it. We know what the long-term goal is and we're going to get there. Um, so 70% year over year is what we should expect. You know, to give you an idea, if we do 25 year one, you're going to be around 40 year two. You're going to be around 60, 65 year three. You know, you're going to be around, you know, over 100, 110 year four. You're going to be around 200 year five, just to give you an idea of high level numbers. I know, I know that math isn't perfect, but I'm just throwing stuff out there. All right. That's great. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. And we're super lucky to have you in Buffalo have this expansion and the, the value of kind of a, a local champion on an expansion team like yourself. And we've seen the story over and over again, that cannot be understated. So, you know, thanks for uh, going to bat for Buffalo. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Um, couldn't be happier to be home. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before, really quick, before we let you go, we always end on a blizzard round, a couple hard hitting journalistic questions. Um, if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Vanilla. Okay. <laughs> <time show. laughs> I'll, I'll t vanilla because I'll give you my explanation. Um, okay. You know, it's, it's a humble flavor. It has humility. It's, you know, it's doesn't necessarily stand out, but it hits hard. It's great. A good explanation. Better explanation. Better that you explained it than just left it at vanilla. People would have filled in the blanks. Um, all right. Book or TV show that you'd recommend? Uh, book. 
Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Text or phone call? Text. Bills or sabers? Uh, sabers. Hiking my or skiing? Is, I'll, I'll give you some context there. My yep. father, growing up, my father owned a you know hockey rink, and I, he loves hockey. And I've just grown up around hockey my whole life, and I think it's an amazing sport. And uh, I'm even looking to jump into a league. So if anyone knows one, let me know. But I'm um, looking to jump into a league while I'm here. So sabers. That's why awesome. I, I go that direction. An amazing hockey town as well. Uh, hiking or skiing? Hiking. I'm too afraid to mess my knees up, and I love running too much in the summer to ever impose the risk of skiing. And last question, most important, chicken wings, drumstick or flat? Flat loaded with blue cheese, charbecue. <laughs> charbecue. Great pick. Thank you so much again for your time. Thank you. Take care. Bell Ringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's privately funded nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.